Grab your Bible, uh, open it to James chapter 2. We'll spend uh, the remainder of our time in the Word. Father, bless your Word. You said you've put your Word above your name. You also said heaven and earth are going to pass away, but your Word will never pass away. So I, seems to me you hold this in high regard. Help us to hold it in this high regard. Help us to understand this troubling, I say troubling, this confusing, often confusing portion. Help us to get this straight because in this passage rests the things of eternity. So bless, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Anyone have a trouble with James chapter 2? Martin Luther didn't like it, thought it, the book of James should be thrown out of the Bible. Martin, take a chill, settle. It's, it's all the word of God, and it flows, right? I mean, look at, does anyone have had have, have, Ever have this verse thrown in their face? But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Is that a proof? To, anyone ever tell you, throw that at you? See? See? That, and that's their proof text. You've got to work for your salvation. There it is. It's right there in Scripture. The Scripture you think is so word of God. Now all of a sudden, you're changing your attitude, aren't you? It's ridiculous. Listen, a little... As you turn over to um, Romans chapter 4. And, and doesn't this fly in the face of the rest of the New Testament? Well, of course it doesn't. But I want, you, I want to establish what we believe. And I, used to, I want to talk a little bit. I used to believe in works religion. Now, I was brought up in the Catholic religion. And if you say, well, I was a Catholic and I was a Christian, well, I'm not going to argue with your testimony. I will say this. I was a Catholic, and I wasn't a Christian. Um, I, I, and if you're a Catholic, don't get offended. Just hear, hear me out. Uh, just, just give me the benefit of the doubt, okay? So I was brought up in a Catholic religion, and there was never a day in, in my life to this very day where I ever doubted the existence of God. Ever. Not even one day, not ever. And if you have, that's fine. Welcome. <laughs> Glad you're here now. But but that that's fine. And, but I never I never and and let me give you a, the first five years I'll I'll give myself a hall pass, right? What does a what does a three year old know anyway, right? So let's say so from five to twenty I I believed in God devoutly, never doubted the fact that there was a Creator God, and I believed that Jesus Christ was a Son, and I was going to hell, and I was trying to work my way to heaven by being good because that is. What my parents told me. Now, if your parents said, you believe in Jesus Christ, you accept him as your savior, and, and they were Catholic, and they told you that, tremendous, okay? I'm not trying to get in trouble with you or your parents. My parents told me, you're a good Catholic, and this is what a good Catholic does. And they gave me different ways to get to heaven, okay? One of them, if I went to the first if I went to church the first Saturday of every month for five successive months, that would lock me in, and then I would definitely go to heaven when I died. I did it for 10 months, so I'm double golden, okay? I'm just, if I wore a brown scapular, a little wool thing, it's, it's, like, it's like a postage stamp, okay, and it has the Lady of Mount Carmel on it or something like that. And it's got a back piece, so it's kind of like front and back, and it has like just brown string connecting them. If I died wearing that, 
heaven. If I went to auricular confession and I poured out my heart to a priest, I did these horrible, and I, I can tell you how many times I did that. And, and as an altar boy, the priest would say, ah, Adam, you know, go say to him, Mary. And I'm like, oh my goodness. See, after I told him all my, and so if you come out of auricular confession and all of a sudden you have a, a stroke or a heart attack and you just tip right over, you're all set. You go right to heaven. You're in a state of grace. Now, they told me if you do, did certain things, you'd go to heaven. If you went to Mass, okay? Well, how many Masses do I have to go to? Just go to Mass. And if I didn't go to Mass, it's called a mortal sin. A mortal sin. A deadly sin. So I like, let's say I skipped Mass, just played hooky, right? Just for no good reason at all. And then Monday I get hit by a bus. That's, a, that's straight to hell. Mortal sin. Now, your Catholic upbringing might have been different. I understand, okay? This is my Catholic upbringing. Don't, I won't argue with yours. Don't argue with mine. I was there. You weren't there, okay? I'm just telling you. So I jumped through all these hoops trying to do things to earn heaven. I had a stack of prayers I would chant. I was there. You weren't. Chant every day. I just read through them. Not, my mind wasn't engaged, and it was a prayer to St. Joseph and a prayer to St. Michael, who's an angel, by the way. Pray to an angel. I was there, and I would, pr- I would pray rosaries. I, listen, I was very, very concerned about heaven and hell. And I was trying, if, how many rosaries did you have to say, by the way, Mom, to go to heaven? She wouldn't give me a number. They never give you a number. So I'm on this treadmill. How many masses do I have to go to? How many times do I have to receive communion? How many times do I have to go to co- confession? How, how many years do I have to serve as an altar boy? And I was on this treadmill trying to earn my salvation. And I would hear, the only Bible verse I would ever hear is, faith without works is dead. Do it. Earn it. Keep doing it. And now listen. You can say what you want about Catholicism. This has permeated our society. This has permeated our society. Uh, Hey, uh, do you believe in uh, God? Oh yeah, I believe in God. Uh, Well, do you believe in heaven? I can't believe this is all there is. I I think, yeah, yeah, probably... Probably, I think, I guess I probably would believe in heaven. Are you going there? Well, I'm a good person. I do, I do more good than bad. I treat people like they treat me. <laughs> Did you catch that? Uh, I, listen, I, I don't kill anyone. I don't cheat on my wife. Because, you know, that's... Wow, you're so holy. You're so awesome. You don't cheat on your wife or kill people. Wow. I, I can imagine God just can't wait to get you into heaven. That's just, it's going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're so spiritually hot. You're going to raise the temperature of heaven when you get there. You're so awesome. And, and people will tell you, and they will always point to the things they do and usually abstain from doing. And this is, this, you know it because you talk to people and they tell you these things. They're, they're, they're good people and they go into heaven if they believe it, that there is, such a thing as God in heaven and hell. And I, I say I was on that treadmill. So I'm 20 years old, and I'm in the Marine Corps, okay? And the gospel comes. Jesus Christ died for your sins. A friend of mine, he was there a couple summers ago, you remember. He said, uh, Adam, you're a miserable sinner. I was like, Shh, tell me about it. You're going to go to hell, you know. And I'm like, probably very true. 
Well, you don't have to. Well, I tried religion. I was, I was that gopher on the wheel running in circles, trying really hard. And, it just, and no matter how hard I tried, I, I didn't get any closer to God. And it was like some melancholy here was saying this. I gave up on God because I really tried. I tried in the power of my flesh to be spiritual. How many of you guys still on that kick? Is that the most ridiculous thing you ever heard? And I didn't have the wherewithal. I didn't have the spirit of God. So I would, I would sin, and then I would be so disappointed that I sinned, and I would redouble my efforts. And I would try in the flesh to conquer the flesh. That still doesn't work, by the way. That's, listen, at 60 years old, let me save you a lot of trouble if you're younger. That still doesn't work. And then I heard the gospel. Listen, the wages of sin is death. And I'm like, yeah, very probably true. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wait, 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 what? Wind that back in. The what? The gift? Yeah, the free gift. God gives you eternal life. You don't earn it. Wait, 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 wait. Where's that written? Where's that written? Let me, let me, let's, let's, let's visit this for a while. And he told me where it was written, and he showed me and showed me and showed me. Listen, there's one theme in the Bible, salvation. Jesus said, and we read it today, lo, in the volume of the book it is written of me. Isn't Psalm 40 says, did you hear when I read that? The volume of the book is written of me, says Yeshua, says salvation. Jesus thinks the book's about him. And the book, it, he's right, and it's about salvation. And, it, and from beginning to end is one theme. This is how you'll have peace, re relationship, reconciliation with God. This is how you have eternal life. This is how you have salvation. The whole book. And now we get to James, and James writes the opposite. Silly. Really, silly. People point this out to me, and I think, <coughs> okay, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, may every word be established. Give me another one. Give me another verse. Guess what I hear? Crickets chirping. No other verse, okay? So all this to say, this verse doesn't mean what they think it means. And the preponderance of the whole rest of the book tells you the exact opposite of their perception. Let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Romans chapter 4. Faith without works is dead, right? It is. It is. That is scripture. Let's just understand what it is. How do we get to heaven? Well, Romans chapter 4, and Romans is much about this. The whole thing is the treatise of salvation. I always thought if those who were Romans, or consider themselves Romans, Roman Catholics, ever read the book of Romans, it would clear up so much problem. What shall we say then? That Abraham, our father, is pertaining to the faith. Uh, <laughs> okay, what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, is pertaining to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of death. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Everyone get that? No, you didn't. It's too many oths and ifs and doeth and believeth. And Let me read it in another version. And by the way, we, we, that was the... Was it pals? What was the pals in back in Awana? That was their key verse. But to him that believeth not... But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. They can recite it and they had no idea what it means. Some of us can recite it. Let me show you what this says in plain spoken English, okay? And I think this is helpful. 
What then will we say that Abraham, our our forefather, according to the flesh, is found? If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Put that in your mind, boasting and works, because they they go hand in hand. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness. Now, to the one who works, pay is not credited as a gift, but as something owed. Paul's saying there is like, you worked all week? The boss doesn't come and hand you a gift. He hands you your salary, your pay. You earned it. And now he's comparing that to salvation. But to the one who does not work, but believes on him who declares the ungodly to be righteous, his faith is credited for righteousness. His what? His faith. The him that worketh not, the one who doesn't work, but has faith, his faith counts, is credited to him for righteousness. This is clear. Scripture all the way through. And some in 21st century, with the internet now, still don't get this and still hang on to talking to Jehovah's Witness. So let me pick on Jehovah's Witness for a while. And I was saying to him, okay, uh, I, I, you know, uh, people are very, very frustrated and you ask them, tell me, explain the grace of God and how that works. And if they're religious, they never can explain it. And what comes out of their mouth is generally gobbledygook, just doggerel, nothing, just, and I sit there and just kind of smirk and try not to act too arrogant as they stumble over themselves. So I said to this Jehovah's Witness guy, okay, you're, you're the thief on the cross next to Christ, and you want salvation. I'm the thief on the cross, and I'm, I'm going to die in like five minutes. Tell me how I don't go to hell. Ready, go. And he's, well, you gotta, you've got to, uh, you know, be good, and you've got to, you know, and he gave me this whole long list of, I'm dead in five minutes. I don't get time to do any of that stuff. Now what am I going to do? You're going to go to hell. And I thought like, aha, that's your religion. That's, there is no deathbed repentance. There is no turnaround. That, that, that when Jesus says that criminal on the cross, that could never happen in reality. I don't have time to go uh, do your, do your uh, little ceremonies and give. And uh, When you put me on that, that train of got to do this and got this, who has time to do any of that stuff? Now, we keep going. Uh, the book of Galatians is only about that. The whole thing is you're not saved by works of the law. You're saved by the grace of God. The whole... Uh, uh, I'm skipping over First and Second Corinthians. But Galatians is all about that. This, like I say, the whole uh, epistle is written just to make that one point. Let's go into Ephesians chapter 2. Now we know chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What's the gift of God? The grace or the faith? Because there's a big debate about this. I think the grace is the gift, and you're required to believe. The faith is you say, well, the faith that comes from God is given by God. I won't, I won't argue that. But you're responsible at the end of the day for your faith. That's why it's a great judgment. That's a great basis for judgment. Well, I don't believe in God. 
God's saying, mm, that's unfortunate. We have uh, hell for those who don't believe. It, if your will is involved, then, you know, there's teaching out there, Calvinism. God saves us to death, to life, but you don't have a choice in it. What about whosoever will? Is, when Jesus says, is he dealing from a whosoever will? Well, I will. No, you can't. You're not elect. I, it's beyond all me. No, no. I think we're, we're responsible for what we believe in. You can believe in anything you want. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, as any man should boast. Boasting is in there again. Because if I could work my way to salvation, wouldn't I be the biggest braggart around? And that's what religion does, by the way. It, uh, you, you, we perceive that we're doing it really good, and then we're just really insufferable and very full of ourselves. And, or, or we perceive we're not doing good, and then we're depressed because we're not doing well enough. And I'm not going to make it. I, I, I would submit to you, God doesn't want you to be full of yourself, and he doesn't want you to be depressed. What's the other alternative? He gave me eternal life. Oh, I can brag, but I'm bragging in the cross. I'm bragging in Jesus. I'm bragging about my awesome Savior. Am I bragging about myself? There's nothing I could do to get my salvation. Why would I brag about that? But if you're earning it and you think you're doing, you're some hot stuff, oh, it's all about bragging. It's all about yourself. You think God shares heaven with a braggart? He shares heaven with people who have humbly accepted his gracious gift. But let's keep going. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that he has before ordained that we should walk in them. There's a place for works. We are his workmanship, his poema, his poetry, or his craftsmanship, you could use it that way. We're, his, we're God's work to do works. There's a play on words here. God built us to do good works. So we do good works and we become his children. No, <laughs> we become his children. And then he's given us good works to do. And if you think, if I do enough good works, I'll become his child. That's putting the cart before the horse. And it will never, ever, ever work. So we're not against good works. We're just against them as a methodology to get saved. Because the Bible has a lot to say about our works. As a matter of fact, James does. Now let's look at James in the context of what he's all about here. Now, he's not saying, yeah, Paul doesn't know what Paul's talking about. Remember, it was James who was presiding over Acts chapter 15 over the Jerusalem Council. And there was a big debate about law keepers and grace uh, as a method of salvation. And Paul and Barnabas came, we've been around the empire, and we've been given the message of grace. And these people falling around saying, yeah, you've got to keep Moses' law, you've got to be circumcised. And the long story short, James said, no, no, you don't have to be circumcised. No, you don't have to keep the law. We've never been able to keep it. And you think we're going to hold up salvation by making people keep the law that nobody can keep? If you're saved by works, there's nobody in heaven yet except Jesus Christ. Let's keep moving, though. James chapter 3. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have no works? Can faith save him? Well, of course it can. No, He's saying he has faith. And we're talking about the type of faith, okay? Okay, people say to you, I believe in God. And you say, brother, and you give him a big hug. Now we're, yay, home team. We're all going to heaven together, right? And that person is 
living with his girlfriend. There's nothing righteous about him. There's no works. There's nothing to commend his Christianity. There's no demonstration of it. You say, well, that's pretty judgmental. We're not judgmental. We're no one's judge. Fruit inspectors. Well, look and see what's going on here in your life. Well, I'm, a, I'm self-absorbed. I'm selfish. I, uh, I'm all about women just so I can use them and then discard them. And uh, it's all about me. I'm trying to build my empire and I want what I want. And yeah, I believe in God. <laughs> Big whoop. Uh, what does a prophet, my brother, the old man, say he has faith, but he doesn't have works? Can, can I put it this way? Can that kind of faith save him? Well, no. If a brother or sister be naked, and he gives us a good example, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Why, well, say I have faith. Now here's somebody who comes and they need something. They're, they're, they're without clothing, they're without food. Hey, be warmed and filled. Are they warmed and filled? Do I have faith? Wait a second. They're not benefited. So what kind of faith is this that we're talking about? Is it, is it Bible faith? Is it, is it the kind of faith that you need to get saved? James is saying, no, not at all. Faith, James is saying, should look like something. I saw it manifested. I saw it in sandals walking down the street. I had this brother named Jesus, and I saw what faith looked like. And it's supposed to look like something. And one of you uh, said, depart in peace, be, you be warm filled. But th- it's not profiting anything. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. It's not real faith, it's dead faith. That's the point. And that's the only point. That's what the whole passage is saying. So, um, wilt thou, O vain man, know that faith without works is dead? It is. It's dead faith. It's not real faith. It's not faith that uh, uh, makes a sinner a saint. It's not a faith that makes a, a prostitute pure. It's not faith that changes anything. Uh, I'll show you what kind of faith it is because he's going to show us, and I think it's kind, of, it's kind of exciting, kind of fun. Faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yeah, a man may say, that was faith, but I have works. Show me your faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. And again, we're talking about a man saying, I have faith. And I have works. Okay, good. And now to which James saying, show me your faith without works, but I'll show you my faith by my works. Because again, he's saying faith should look like something. It should demonstrate something. This is old camel knees. This guy spent the, you know, the, the greater part of his day on his knees talking to his older brother. He was a pious man. He was a godly man. He gave to the poor. He, he was a, a benefit to have around. And he was saying, and he's, he's saying this is bragging. Not really. He's just making a point. He's saying, well, I have faith. Uh, he's saying, well, I'll show you my faith by my works. Again, faith should look like something. Is this challenging anyone? Because the, the question always comes like, if somebody said, if, if you're on trial for being a Christian, would be enough evidence to convict you? Because, I mean, we say one thing, but is it, is it evident to everybody around us? I, I t- let me tell you this quick little story. So we're having our Christmas party at work, right? And you have that Yankee swap kind of thing. So somebody gives a present. And then somebody, you know, oh, I like yours. So they steal yours. And then you have to go get another present. I hate that. 
Let's celebrate the birth of Jesus by stealing. You say, Adam, lighten up. It's just a, yeah, I know, I know. I get too nerved up about something. So anyway, uh, there was this jerky, and I'm thinking, well, I didn't make it, so it's probably not tremendous, but be that as it may. And so somebody, and it was highly sought after. So my buddy, he got it, and then somebody stole it from him. But like the CFO, she wanted it for her husband. She said, he'll love this. And she let us know that. And somebody stole it from her. And then somebody stole it from her. Him and and it ended up with that guy who's the last guy who stole it is, is a Christian brother of mine who wouldn't steal anything. You know, he's just he's just like such a straight arrow. Everyone knows because so so we're all after the party. We're all going back, and the, the CFO finds the jerky in, behind the steering wheel in her car, and he stole it to give it back to the original owner. And he was like, and cause they were all talking about it in the hall. He said, "I know his name is Jim." Well, his son was the one who was. Last time uh, our, our brother was uh, not here, the one who was bringing us worship, it was his dad, a good friend of mine, works with me. So they're saying, uh, Jim wouldn't steal anything. He's so, he'd never harm anybody. I see that he stole that just so he could be a good guy. Imagine having the type of, um, where, where somebody looks at you, even just like you, just, you did by the rules and played, and, and they're thinking, boy, that doesn't sound like, because he's such a nice, he's such a kind, he's such a considerate man. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you have a reputation where, Everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows about And they like you. Because you're not in their face. You're not arrogant. You're, not, you're just helpful. And you're a good worker. And you're industrious. And, you're, and then even when you steal something, it's only the good, so it goes back to the rightful owner. He didn't end up with anything that day. And I thought it was kind of all kind of funny the way it worked out. And I thought like, oh man, what a good testimony. You see what I'm saying? Like, you, your face should look like Everyone should know about you. But I think sometimes, because you know how it is, people call us rubes and they act and they mock us and there's always uh, everyone who would live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You know how it is. So we don't want any of that. So we kind of fly under the radar and we don't let anyone know we're a Christian. We work with somebody for years and finally, you know, they say, they, they, they drive by here and they see my name on the sign. Of the, is that your brother or something no that's me and they're like well, you're a christian no that doesn't happen to me very often but it has happened i mean it has happened and i'm thinking like how can people not know that how can we we got to live in such and such a way so we got to wear the wwjd bracelet wearing jewelry and having the cross and t-shirt they think that's all it is i'm not talking about that i'm talking about living radically for jesus and letting everyone know but you're such a loving caring kind, hard-working, winsome person. That's kind of what we're supposed to look like. And he's saying, so I think this is what he's saying. Man says he has faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. And we're thinking, ah, it should look like something. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Well, I believe in God. We have all time. We have that all the time. All the time. Well, I believe in God. Yeah, so do the devils. And they're, they believe correctly about God. Devils aren't atheists. You know that? So the, 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 guy, the crazy guys coming out of Gadara, remember the demon-possessed man? He said to Jesus, Jesus, son of the most high God. They even know that he's the son of the most high God. Have thou come to, hast thou come to torment us before their ta- our time? Even their eschatology is correct. They understand what they got a they got a destiny with the with the with the bottomless pit. They know that. 
I think demons know sometimes more than we know who are the heirs of salvation. So you, you, you believe in God. How have you, what has distinguished you from a devil? In the, in the sense of like, so great, you, you, you're a graduate of devil kindergarten. You believe in God. Yay. That, so people tell us that all the time, like, like you're doing God some service by acknowledging his existence. I, I guess it's better than not believing, but it's not enough. I'm, listen, I'm here to tell you, it's not enough. I'm, I'm giving my personal testimony. For at least 15 years of my memory, I always believed in a God that I wasn't going to see when I died if I died in that state, trying to work my way into his favor. He will have none of it. Because I know some of you are saying, like, oh, I believe in God. Like, I, I should be able to go to heaven. I'm a good person. I don't know what you're talking about. There is no, no one righteous, not, no, not one. And the Bible, more importantly, I don't know what you're talking about, more importantly, the Bible knows nothing of this. All of sin falls short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. Say, so we're all going to hell outside of Jesus Christ? Yes. Yes. I was. And when you call out to him and ask him to save you, guess what? He will despite your lack of illustriousness. I haven't done anything good, you say. He'll save you. And by the way, then he'll give you the good works to do. Specific good works and general good works, both of them. Let's keep moving. You believe there's one God, good. That's good. Devils, they believe. The devil's fraught with good works, <laughs> not so much. Uh, my brother was saying, uh, you know, because of his scratchy throat here this morning, let's blame it on the devil. Sue said, I'll buy that. I'm thinking, yeah, I will too. I'm, so I'm kind of cold and I'm breaking up and stuff like this. It's a fallen world. Whose fault is that? Well, ours. I mean, you know, uh, Adam and, and all that. Uh, but the devil, he, he was there. He tempted Adam. He's, he's trying to uh, rob us. Um, he comes, but what? We heard on the verse uh, that the sister was saying on the way in this morning uh, on the radio. Uh, this, the devil comes not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. He's still, steal, kill, and destroy, boy. He would, he would steal your joy. He would steal your voice if he could. I, I agree with that. They're not, devils aren't known for good works, and they absolutely believe in God. They believe, and they tremble. Because God is righteous and God will have the ultimate say. Now he gives us a couple of examples of what faith looks like. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered up Isaac his son upon the altar? Wait a second, didn't we just read Abraham was justified by faith? What shall we say then according to our father Abraham? What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now James is trying to make the exact opposite point. Abraham was saved by works. No, no, he wasn't. He's saved by faith. They both have concluded the same thing. But it was a, a faith that looked like something. I keep saying that, right? I'm trying to get us, because I repeat so we can get that, make that point. Abraham, the scripture says Abraham believed God. It was credited to him for righteousness. When does it say that? After he prayed and he said, look, I got no... I've got no 
air. And remember, he put a deep sleep on him and then God passed through the, um, the, 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 the burning the burning furnace passed through the cut animals all by himself and Abraham was asleep and God made a unilateral covenant with Abraham and says, no, uh, this one's not going to inherit. Your son's going to inherit. And, and then, you know, he came visit him later on by the Oaks of Mamre. He said, this time next year, Sarah's going to have a child. And Abraham believed God. Concerning his son, a father uh, believing according about his son, and it was credited to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God. And then later on, that one in whom uh, God had said, in, in, in Isaac uh, shall your seed be called, God says, okay, I want you to uh, sacrifice your son. Wait, uh, must have heard that wrong. I'm getting old. I know my hearing in what it used to be. Say what, God? Yeah, I want you to sacrifice your son. You mean... Isaac, I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to sacrifice him on a mountain, and I'll show you. Mount Moriah, by the way, you know it better as Calvary. There, by the way, I love that whole chapter. We talk about that from time to time. First time the word love is used in the Bible. Take your son, your only son, whom thou lovest, and sacrifice him. God, God what does God Likes child sacrifice? No. No, he didn't let him, ultimately. We know the story, right? God is showing a picture, and this picture is very, very, very important. The father who so loved his only begotten son, he gave him. And that's what Abraham was acting out. Did he know he was acting it out? Yeah. He named the place Jehovah-Jireh in the mount of the Lord. It shall be seen. So he knew he was acting out prophecy. Was, did Isaac know he was acting out prophecy? Who knows what Isaac knows? But we, we see this. We have a son who so loved that he gave. Uh, I mean a son who was so obedient even unto death. Philippians chapter 2. We see Isaac carrying the wood up Mount, up Calvary. I mean, it's kind of obvious what's going on here. It's a picture. And all the other Human sacrifice, all the other parents sacrificing their children is a, is a sham, is a mockery of the one true God sacrificing His Son on our behalf. And on the, uh, in the Mount of the Lord it was seen. Very, very important. So, by bringing this up, he's saying, look, Abraham, our father, was he justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? In other words, his faith that he was justified, it looked like something. It looked like him going to, imagine the faith required to do this. He believed him. He believed that God was able to raise him up from the dead. And it says in Hebrews that he received him in a figure. It means this. God did raise him up from the dead, figuratively. You see? With with the ram and the substitution and the so, when did Isaac die in Abraham's eyes? Three days earlier, when God told him, "You're going to sacrifice your son." Three day journey to Mount Moriah. It was a death march. He knew this is it. He's dead. And then the third day, which was the day when the ram was, and now he's and so it was a resurrection of sorts. You see that right? Figurative, not actual. He didn't actually kill him. Very important point. And so James here is saying, 
Look, 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 look at Abraham. Oh, I believe. Well, of course he believed. Look at how it acted out. Look at how it played out. It was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Seeing, seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? Uh, I like the word evident better. It's obvious that, that he had the goods, that he had real faith. It was obvious. I mean, you don't take your son and sacrifice him because you know that's what God told you to do. Unless you have faith, that's what God told you to do. But he did something about it. He didn't think something about it. And I think that a lot of us settle with the fact that we think right thoughts, but we never do anything. And James is saying, you don't be very comfortable there. Can that kind of faith save you? And the answer is evidently no. He's saying, no, that's not real faith. And the scripture was fulfilled which said Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. See, he's quoting the same verse that Paul quoted. Abraham believed God and it was credited him for righteousness, but it looked like we know that he believed God because he went and he did what God told him to do. We had this old song we used to sing in a Awana club, Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Uh, yeah, we believe in God. Well, how come you don't do what he says? Jesus says, hey, you, you, you're my servants, right? Well, follow me. Do what I tell you to do. You say you love me. Well, it should look like something, right? Now, he, get, he gives an, a, even a, a, a crazier example than that. You see that then how that by works a man is justified, not by faith only. Well, not by the type of faith that doesn't do anything. I should, it's probably really a better way to put it. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works. Rahab the harlot. Now, all those readers, their minds just exploded. Okay, Abraham, the father of faith, the righteous, the first, the friend of God. And now Rahab the harlot, excuse me, uh, he's comparing them both. Well, listen. One is Jewish, one is Gentile. One's a man, one's a woman. I don't want you... He's saying, listen, I don't care if you're Jew or Gentile. I don't care if you're man or woman. I don't care if you're bond or free. I don't care if you're black or white. None of this stuff matters. Faith matters. And faith looks like something. And he gives an example. But remember, he's writing to the diaspora. Remember James chapter 1, verse 1. James, Jacob, right? A servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. So he's writing to Jew and Gentile. He's writing to the diaspora. But he knows that people of both stripes, will get this message. You remember, he's the one in Acts chapter 15 who says Gentiles don't have to become Jews to get saved. So he's mindful that the church is made up of Jew and Gentiles. So he gives a very Jewish example. Now he gives a very Gentile example. What is it? Rahab the harlot. Rahab the harlot. That, that, listen. You don't know story of Rahab. Read it. God is awesome. He, 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 he saves a prostitute on a wall. What has she got that he's after? God. Just, just her heart. Just her heart. She, is, she believes some stuff. She, has anyone ever preached the gospel of Rahab? Got these guys coming. Oh, it's going to go bad. We understood what happened in Egypt. Oh, this can't, this can't be pretty. This can't be. And so she... Is she a woman of faith? Yep. Yeah. Is she a woman of sin? Yeah, she's a prostitute. Because I know, you know, I, I 
The gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't work really well around religious people because they, they love to think that I'm doing enough. Now, the people over here, they ain't doing anything, and they're counterproductive. But I'm real religious. I go to church all the time. You know, I went last week, I, I lit a candle, and I went to confession. I went to communion. And all these people don't do anything. You tell me they're going to go into heaven before I am? And by the way, yeah. That's how it was with me. And they'd hate that message. Hey, we got a prostitute. Now what are you going to do? She's, she's not an altar girl. Okay, okay, Mr. Jehovah's Witness, Mr. Mormon, what, what, now what are you going to do? Tell me about the grace of God now. And they had nothing. God, do you realize how ridiculous the gospel is? You say somebody like who has no regard for him whatsoever, who, who's living against all his commandments, who doesn't even, who is a functional atheist, doesn't even act like he exists. And he'll come and he'll get the gospel to you. And if you say, yeah, I believe, I accept, I, I want in. Jesus says, anyone who, the, who comes to me, the Father went, there's no way I'd turn him away. And he, he, he talks about like God seeking after these ones. Came to seek and say that which is lost. Aren't you happy, lost one? Because I am. Because I, I figure I fit the description. I'm kind of a Rahab kind of guy in the sense of like living outside of God, not really caring about God's laws, and being visited with salvation. She, she received, she's justified by work. She received the messages and she sent them out. Uh, uh, and, and had sent them out another way. So, you know, she, the people come look and she says, no, go here. And, did, and, and by the way, how long were they hidden? Three days. And they got back to camp. It was kind of a resurrection kind of event. It's all through scriptures, things like that. For the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. See a body, no spirit in it, you, you're talking about a corpse. Okay? It's the same way with faith. Of your faith, all it is is like this head. Yeah, I think I believe. Yeah, I believe there's a God. That's nothing. That's, again, devil kindergarten. That's challenge yourself. I think you're people of faith. I think so. If somebody told me you weren't, I'd, I did have a handful of me on that. I'd be, I'd be all on them. I'd be all up in their grove. What are you saying, this person? In a, I believe that. So it's not me you're going to convince or anything. Look at the mirror say, am I doing what God's called me to do? Am I obedient to his calling? He set out works for me to do. Do I have the kind of faith that it takes? I think, I think you'll find the answer is yes. But I also hope this is helpful in that this solves the big mystery. Faith without works is dead. It's not death. It's dead faith. Okay, it's not, it's not saying like uh, um, opposite of, you know, believing your way into the kingdom. It's not saying that at all. It's just saying it's not real faith. It's not legit. It's not, the, it's not the faith that God requires. We good? So chapter 3, which we're not going to, remain calm. Um, it's talking about how controlling the tongue. Read ahead and we'll... I'll, see, listen, I won't offend everyone, okay? So next week I'll have a chance to offend a whole new group of people, okay? Uh, but that's just the way it is. It's very pointed, is it not? This passage of Scripture. That's, it is, I, there's nothing, listen, I just deliver the mail, I don't write the mail. Let's uh, stand, we'll go out of here worshiping.
<coughs> Father, we don't want to be people of dead faith, but um, help us to believe in Jesus Christ in such and such a way that, that it makes us never the same again. And as I was asking earlier, if we're on trial for being Christian, would be enough evidence to convict us. Well, as I look around this room, very often I think the answer is yes. I think the, I, 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 I worship with a, a group of exceptional people. And I appreciate that so much. Lord, ever increasing, we want to be all about you all the time. Father, we pray you'd bless this food that we're going to receive here shortly and that we have a real good time of fellowship. Now, Lord, bless thee and keep thee. The Lord, make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord, lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. It is our desire to get God's word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses, and if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear I count it all as lost Lead me to the cross where you love